0: Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to The City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to start a new series today really talking all about what you're praying for called Living on a Prayer. on a prayer. And I'm excited for any old old school, you know, classic rock fans. Bon Jovi obviously sings this song, and it's that's why it's so good, right? Uh, one of the greatest rock bands ever of all time sang this song, living on a prayer. And I was like, man, we, we totally have to bite it and steal it for this uh for this series. And so I'm excited to start this series. And this is this series is gonna be is gonna roll a little bit different than how we've done it before, and you'll see as we go along how it's gonna be different. But man, I'm excited to, to teach this message today, and so we're gonna go ahead and jump into our words, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, and we're going to start reading in verse number 13. James chapter 5 and verse 13. James chapter 5 and verse 13 reads like this. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let me say that again. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And effective. Man, if you have something, leave it there in that James 5. We'll come back to that certainly in this message today, but I want to check out one more passage of Scripture as I normally do. Let's look in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. For those of you familiar with with the book of Matthew, with the Gospels, you'll know this right off the bat before I even start saying it. Matthew chapter 6 is actually a, a, a passage of Scripture where Jesus gives his disciples instructions on how to pray. Here is, hey, you want to know how to pray? A lot of times people don't know how to pray. Here's what Jesus says, man, here is how to pray. And he actually starts the verse off by saying it, right? Matthew 6, verse 9 says this. It says, this then, Jesus speaking here, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and then I'm reading the NIV, and they actually put it in a, in a little box because they, I don't know, for some reason they didn't translate, but I'm, I'm going to give you the how, the, how the KJV and the NKJV ends it. It says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Teaching a message today from this series, living on a prayer called Halfway There. We're halfway there. Bow your heads. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you that we have the ability to come to you in confidence and boldness, to come directly to your throne, Lord, and to plead with you the things that we need through Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for sending your son for us. Thank you for the work that he did on the cross that we celebrated today. Lord, I thank you. Lord, for everything that you're doing in and through us, even in our country and the world during this time. God, I pray that you would, Lord, open up the word during this moment. Lord, let your Holy Spirit move so that, man, the words on the page would become active and alive to us. That we would not only be hearers of the word today, but, Lord, that we would be doers of your word. Lord, touch every ear that's listening right now that, that we might hear fully and clearly but also that we'd understand exactly what it is that you're communicating with us through your word today. Lord, I pray that you would allow me to decrease in this moment. Let your Holy Spirit move. Let your Holy Spirit speak. Let your Holy Spirit take over that we might hear a word directly from you today. Lord, we give you the glory for all that you're doing in our lives, and it's in your son Jesus' name we all say together, amen. 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 Well, as I said, starting today and over the next 20 days coming, as a church uh, connected and even as a larger church body, right, our our churches all over the country are actually doing this and, and a lot of churches outside of that as well, right, are taking 21 days to devote intentionally to prayer. Taking 21 days to, to devote intentionally to seeking God and, and, and going to him in prayer. Not, not, just, not just that we would pray for 21 days, but actually that what we're, the goal really is to develop a prayer life. Amen. That this would become not just kind of a hobby, but actually be a habit. Right? They, what, what, how long does it take to develop a habit? It actually takes 21 days. That's why it's 21 days. So if you get into the habit of praying for 21 days, there's a good and likely chance that you'll continue it beyond that point. Amen. And so that's why we're saying, look, let's take these 21 days, man, to institute really a life of prayer. A life where we're saying, where we're going to the Father and not just assuming that the Lord knows how you feel. No, but actually that you're talking to him and that you're having a conversation and that you're engaging in a relationship that actually that you would be living on a prayer. Not that you would just be casually kind of glancing by a prayer, right? Or just right, just kind of touching a prayer and running away. No, but actually that, that your life would be based on prayer, that you would be living on a prayer, it's not even in my notes, but when Jesus goes into the temple and he's turning over tables, yes. the reason why he's doing that is because, right, they had made it into a, into a den of robbers. But he's saying, look, th- this is supposed to be a house of prayer. And it wasn't, he wasn't just referring to the temple. He was referring to us. Yes. This temple is supposed to be a house of prayer. Prayer should live here. In ourselves, meaning that in all that we endeavor to do and all that we endeavor to achieve and all that we endeavor to reach and to heal and to overcome and everything, everything that we do that we would recognize and utilize prayer to do it, that we would be living on a prayer. And I love, look, my, I, love, I love this song. I love the song that Bon Jovi did, Living on the Prayer. And, and, and when you get to the chorus, man, it's just, man, it's a prophetic song. I don't think they even knew what they were doing, right? John Bon Jovi, he didn't even, he didn't even know. But in the song, it's so prophetic, right? Because in the middle of the song, right, in the chorus, the chorus says, oh, or whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa! We're living on a prayer, right? He did, I don't think he really knew what he was saying, right? During that part, right? He's all leather and, and kind of really skin tight pants and, and blouses. That's why we're doing right back long hair. Come on, Aaron looked like that back in the day. He had it all, right? Right? That's that's how we look, right? We were living. On, that's that was the look. But man, when they say that line, I was I was listening to it, right? I've been kind of leading up. I've been kind of jamming out to it. in My car just kind of let me get myself built up on the song, right? Hearing it. But the, the, the part that I love when I say halfway there, I love it because it's so indicative of where many of us are in our lives. When they're saying it in the song, they're saying, oh, we're almost there. We're, right, we're, we're almost there. We're, we're, we're getting really close. And they, they could have said that, but they chose the word halfway. They could have said, oh, whoa, we're almost there. But they say, no, we're actually, we're halfway there. And I feel like for us. Right, that's where a lot of us really are in our lives. We're not all the way there. I don't mean you're crazy. We are, here, you're, you're halfway there. You're not really living to the full. You're not living to the fullest extent of what God desires for you. You're just kind of halfway there. And for a lot of us, you're just halfway. You're not even on the almost side. You're, you're just barely making halfway. Right, you're halfway there, but man, and and even more so in our prayer lives, right? Let me raise my hand, right? Sometimes we're just kind of halfway to where God would really desire for us to be and how we communicate with Him. We're not even almost, we're just kind of halfway, right? And, And what happens is that we say the words of prayer, right? We say a prayer, but a lot of times the way that we're halfway is that we're not even fully convinced that what we're saying is is actually going to come to pass. Do we believe, right, that the words that we say will actually be fulfilled when we pray them, right? First John 5.14 says this, it says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, what first thing he does is that we know that he hears us. It's a question that we get a lot of times. Does God even hear my prayers? Does he know what I'm even looking for or asking about? Does he even hear us? And and the verse goes on to say, look, verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So it, it, it leads us then away from this halfway there stance where actually now we're in a place of confidence. And, and, and approaching God, and that's the reason why a lot of us, if we're honest, that's why we don't pray. Because we don't have confidence that God even hears us. We're not even that far. But in this season, what we want you to do is to pray. And what is prayer? It's just communicating with God. It's talking to God. And what prayer does is it provides an intimate moment. It provides an intimate opportunity for you to connect with God provides an intimate connection. When we pray, it, it actually puts us into God's presence. It actually can, can put us into the place where we are one-on-one with him. Christ is actually, right, he's the conduit. Jesus is the Wi-Fi for us that connects us to God and gets us into his presence where we can download everything that we might need from him. But we have to pray in order to do that. Prayer is supposed to be a vital part of our spiritual growth. It's what helps us to grow is, man, continuing to communicate with God as we grow as believers. It's that quality time, right? That's, the quality time is the fuel of, of any good relationship is taking the time. We had an opportunity to do that this week to, man, to get away for just a few days and just to spend some, just some quality time, and what does that do? It just helps to fuel the relationships, Right. I, I man, it just fueled my daughters just, oh, daddy, 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 daddy. Right. They just wanted that time as, look, we've been getting a lot of quality time during COVID, but right. Isn't it really quality? Yeah. It's time. It may necessarily be quality, though, but I'm saying quality time is is the fuel of any strong relationship. And that's why we should be man doing everything that we can to pray. Yes, Praying should be honestly should be one of the easiest things that we do. Because of our relationship with God. Amen. It should be one of the easiest things to do, but if we're honest, it's, it's what we struggle to do. Amen. Can I get an amen right amen. there? You can't say amen, just say oh me, right? <laughs> it's one of the hardest things that we, that we struggle to do. Why? It's because prayer requires faith. Amen. That's why it's so hard for us to do. It's because it requires faith. It requires you to recognize that there is power in this universe that created you and that is greater than you, but still cares about you. That's hard for a lot. Like getting people to even that point of belief is tough, right? Getting people to believe that there is a person, there is a God that created them. There's a power in this universe that is bigger than you that can do what you can't do right? And, and, and actually cares about you, right? So prayer requires faith. It also re- it requires you knowing that your own strength is not enough to reach what you're actually trying to achieve. You can't do it by yourself, right? But actually, right, you, you, you need it for what you desire and for what he promised. Yeah. We have to pray, right? It requires faith. It requires you to believe that, that what you are asking for will actually happen, Prayer requires faith, and, and we struggle because we're not, convul- we're not fully convinced that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Do we really believe that, that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective? A lot of times, we're not sure that our prayers are actually going to work. We're kind of halfway there. You're not really living on a prayer You might be hoping on a prayer, you might be hopping on a prayer, right? But you're not living on a prayer. Come on, can we be honest about this? That that there's a lot of times that we're not fully convinced that what we're praying for is actually going to happen. And a lot of times it's because we don't have confidence in ourselves. That the prayers that we're praying are powerful. And that the prayers that we're praying are actually going to be effective. And so that affects how we even view prayer. And that leaves us in a position where we're only halfway there to where, to how God really wants us or where he really wants us to be mentally when we come to him. He's saying, look, I want you to come to me in confidence, come to me with boldness. But a lot of times we're coming to him with, oh, I don't know. We're just halfway there. And that's why Jesus does give, right, he gives his disciples, man, this, these explicit instructions in regards to prayer, right? Not just how, right, what to pray, but he gives them, hey, here's the manner in which you should pray And Let me show you, right, Mark 11, 22, 24, where is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because it's so powerful, and we just got drilled into our heads in Bible calls. We heard it just about every day, if not multiple times a day. Mark 11:22 says this, it says, have faith in God, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. This This is a different attitude and approach to prayer than what we take a lot of times. We don't take this approach, right? And he says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer is the most important part. part, Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. A lot of times the reason why, man, our prayers are not fulfilled, come on, let's just be honest, is because we're not believing that we're actually going to receive it. We're just saying words. Oh, come on, y'all. Don't get quiet on me. You know, because I do it. There's sometimes, there's sometimes when you you, I catch myself when I'm just saying words and I'm not actually believing what I'm saying. Ooh. I know. You can say amen. Just say, oh me. There's sometimes when we pray where we're actually just saying words. We don't fully really believe what the word says. And that's why Jesus took the time to stop and say, actually. I want you to have faith in God. Have faith in Him. A lot of times, right, what what starts is that we don't have confidence in ourselves and our relationship with Him because we haven't spent time with Him. And so that feeds over into how we pray and what we think will happen when we pray. And that's why Jesus says at the top, look, have faith in God. Before anything else happens, there has to be an establishment of faith in God. Why are you saying that, BK? It's because the way that we get all the way there is when our faith is focused on God's faithfulness instead of our fortitude. When we're focused on the fact that God is faithful, despite how well I pray, that God is faithful, man, despite what I've been through or what I'm going through, that God is faithful, no matter what's happening in the world, that he is yet faithful, it changes how you pray. It changes how you pray. Because I know that he has declared me righteous. It's not something that I earned. It's not something that you can you can't, as, as good as you might try to be, you are not righteous by your own strength. It's by God's grace that you are righteous. It's by his favor and his hand and his place in your life that you are righteous. He says that we are worthy. I don't care how good you are. You're not worthy until he says you're worthy. And he's saying that you're worthy. And that's why we can go back to to the fact that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Why? It's not because you have it. It's because he told you that you are righteous when you believe in him. And that's why Jesus says again, have faith in God. Have faith in his ability. Have faith in his capability. A lot of times we think that, man, our faith is, 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 is supposed to be predicated on our ability to ask and pray. It's not predicated on that. It's actually predicated on his ability to answer and fulfill. It's not based on your fortitude. It's based on his faithfulness to answer and fulfill the prayers that you have. And so we have to get into our minds and in our thoughts that, man, that God is faithful and that we should have faith in him. It's one of the reasons why we should pray. So that he, he will answer our prayers. Let me give you a second reason why you should be praying, especially in this season. It's because prayer is a weapon. Yes. Prayer is a weapon. And it's a weapon that is used in spiritual warfare that, that we're engaged in as a follower of Christ living in this fallen world right now. The demonic world that we live in with all the forces and all the stuff going on, it's in this season that we need to pray and that you need to make sure that you have your weapon, that, that it's not even concealed carry, that, that you are open carry with your weapon. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 10 says this. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have what? Divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every single thought to make it obedient to Christ. The, the reason why we pray is because prayer is divine, yes. and it has divine power. What does that mean? That means it comes from God. Yes. When we pray, we're actually accessing the power that he has given us when he declared us righteous. Yes. And because of its divine nature, prayer is not restricted to the limitations of the current climate. It's not restricted to the limitations of the current society. It's not limited to the the limitations of current institutions. Our prayers are actually divine ammunition that cuts through the forces and the circumstances pitted against us and against God. That's why we have to pray, right? We have to fight With different weapons because the fight that we're fighting is different. We have to fight with spiritual weapons because. Actually, what we're fighting are is our spiritual things, right? We know this from Ephesians six, right? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So when we're fighting, this is why prayer is so important because what we're actually fighting is spiritual, and you can't fight spiritual things with just a natural weapon. There has to be something spiritual that's in there that's helping us to deal with all the, man, demonic forces and the powers of the dark world and right in those spiritual forces of evil that are in the heavenly realms. We are at war. Did you know it? We are at war. We are in a spiritual battle and prayer is our weapon that we should be using because we are engaged in spiritual warfare. Maybe you don't think that you are, but maybe you are. Yeah. You are at war. We are in spiritual, in a spiritual battle, and prayer is supposed to be our weapon. Yeah. But here's the thing. A lot of times we are showing up to fights ill-equipped. Yeah. We're showing up to fights without weapons, the weapon that we should have. We're, we're halfway there. We we pray, but we don't even really believe that our prayers are powerful and effective. I don't want to go into a fight with a weapon that I don't think is powerful and effective. Do you? You shouldn't show up. Put it to you this way: You shouldn't show up to a gun battle with a butter knife and expect to have a victory. You can't can't show up like this. I'm going to win. Look, I even got a good plastic one too. Oh man, I'm going to show up to a let you show up to a gunfight with this. It's not going to be pretty for you. But here's what we do: a lot of times we are going out into the world. We're going out into the workplace. We're we're going into the stuff with our family and our friends and and sickness and health. And we're we're showing up with a little butter knife. No, you need to show up with the weapon that God has given us, and that is prayer. We have to, man, we can't just be halfway there. Right, what happens is, man, we, we, we bring, right, the, it's, it's a butter knife of kind of, it's, it's, it's just limited expectations. That's really what it is. That's good. We bring a butter knife of, let me put it this way, we bring a butter knife of, man, I can handle this all by myself. To the, to, to the battle for our unsafe kids or our unruly kids. Man, we show up with a butter knife, and the Lord's saying, you know what? Actually, I want you to come to me with the right weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Don't come to me about… Don't, please, come with something real, but we show up with a butter knife. Yeah, so good. Of I can handle this all by myself, and the Lord's saying, no, I've given you something greater. I've given you a better weapon than that. Yeah. What happens, man? We bring a butter knife of maybe this will work out, to the battle for our marriages. Yeah. Maybe this will work out. Jesus. Man, and, and we wonder why there is constant, constant tension, right, and, and, and divorce and, and all the stuff that we deal with, right? You should be praying for life in your marriage. Yes. Amen. Not coming to it with just this attitude that, oh, maybe this will, no, pray. Yes. We bring a butter knife of, my experience is enough to get me by. And the battle for your dreams or your business or your career. Jesus. You should be praying for breakthrough yes. in your business and career. Let me pray for this business. Yes. Let me pray for my career. Yes. Right? Well, here's another one. Or we, we bring a butter knife. It's a good one. I ain't trying to offend anybody with this one. I just want to say that before I say it. <laughs> right? We bring a butter knife of I'll just settle for being by myself wow. to the battle of singleness. You should be praying to prepare yourself for the person that God has for you. A lot of times we want to pray for the other person. No, pray for you. Lord, help me to get right so that I'm prepared when you send that person along my path that I'm ready. But you can't show up to that prayer with this. You can't show up to that battle with with just a little butter knife and thinking, right, that, man, your your, your attitude of I'll just settle for being. No, pray and believe. We bring a butter knife of I'll never get out of this to the battle of our finances. You should be praying for promotions and benefits and checks in the mail and for God to work on your behalf and that, man, he'll give you more wisdom to be more skilled in your job and in whatever it is that you have to do, right? But in all these things, we have to have faith in God. We should be praying our way through these situations and believing that we have received whatever we ask for in prayer. We have to pray in a different way than we've ever prayed before. Don't show up. To the battle with a butter knife, we shouldn't just be saying the words without believing. That's an attitude that's halfway there. Actually, we should be living on a prayer. We should be living on the prayers that we pray, right? That's why James 5, right He says he says, "Look, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Why? Why is he saying that? Because there is a, he already believes that if we pray, that those people will be healed. Right? Is anyone among you sick? Right? Uh, is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And, and here's the part that's key. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for one another. That's what we're doing in this season. Look, we're, we're gonna the stuff that we need to get off our chest and the stuff that's been holding us down, look, we're going to confess those things, and we're going to pray for each other. We're not going to condemn each other. We're going to pray for each other, yeah. real prayer, so that we all may be healed. Why? Because the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. The beautiful thing is that we don't have to look far to find a great example of a righteous person that was powerful and effective in their prayers. We can, look to, we can just look to Jesus and follow his example. Because here's the thing, right? Jesus prayed. He still prayed to God. If you look throughout the Word, especially the Gospels, right, you'll see that Jesus still prayed to God in every situation. Jesus carried the full might. He carried the full strength, the full divinity, the full power of the Lord inside of him. But he still said, you know what? Let me be still be obedient to pray. If Jesus can still in every situation say, you know what? I should probably pray about this. Then that lets us know that, you know what? You should probably be praying about this as well. Right. Let me give you some examples. Right. After healing a man of leprosy, Luke five sixteen, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. Yeah. And what? He prayed. He prayed right before appointing the apostles, Luke 6, 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and he spent the night praying to God. Yeah. Let me give you another one. Right. Before walking on water. Good one. Some of us are in a walking on water position right now. Right? It says, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night he was still there alone, facing persecution and death. Matthew 26, 39 says, going a little farther, he fell with his he fell to his face, with his face to the ground and prayed. This is in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's praying. And he said, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will but as you will. Yes. In every moment, key moment and situation, even in down times, you find Jesus praying. Yes. Can the same be said for us? Are we praying? We know that Jesus did pray, that he lived on prayer. What did he pray? Let's go back to Matthew 6. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. There's a recognition of God. It's a recognition that, Lord, I have faith in you and that you are holy, right? Your kingdom come. Your will be done, not mine. God, whatever you are desiring, Lord, whatever your kingdom says needs to be done, man, I'm, I, I want that to happen on earth as it is in heaven, right? Lord, I need your daily bread. Give us, Lord, I need it every day. Whatever you have for me, I need it today. Give us today your daily bread. Lord, forgive my sins, the things that I've done, and Lord, forgive the people that I owe something to or owe me something. Lord, for, for, forgive us all. Lord, help me to not go into a place of temptation, Lord, but deliver us from the evil one, from the things in this world that might be evil. Why? Because at the end of the day, yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. What is this saying? Jesus is saying, look, when you pray, you need to talk to the Father in a way that acknowledges that you have faith in him and that he's the only one that can work out the things that you need worked out in your life. Jesus was living on this type of prayer that he prayed. And I can imagine that every time he went to pray, because this is how he taught his disciples to pray, that this is what he walked out himself first. Yes. That this is what he, what he went to, to the Father himself with. It's with all trust that God the Father would fulfill what was asked. Yes. That he would be forgiven. And he didn't have anything to, to, to be forgiven for. That, that, that the Lord's kingdom would come, that what God desired would happen in his life. These are the things that we need to be praying for. Lord, Lord, help us to, to, to be forgiven of our debts, of our financial situation. Lord, if there's anybody that, that owes me anything that I might be holding against them, Lord, Lord, help me to pray to, to forgive them, right? But it's not just what you pray, it's also how you pray it. That's why that first John 5 passage is so important. That this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. We're halfway there so many times because we don't know if God even hears our prayers. But he hears us. And so we have to have confidence because we have faith. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So when I pray because I've put my faith in God, I've put my trust in him, I have my faith in him, I know and I believe fully that whatever I ask of him, that he will provide, that he will fulfill my prayers. So the next time that we say that we're halfway there, we're going to mean that we're so close to achieving and reaching what he has for us. We're so close to defeating the the dark powers and, and, and the forces trying to come against us, trying to come against our family, trying to come against, man, our church, trying to come against our state and our city and the world, all those things because we have confidence in God through the established lifestyle of prayer that we're living daily, that we'll know that he heard us. And we'll know that we have what we've asked for. Why? It's because we believe him. We have faith in God. So when we get to that moment of halfway there, we're not meaning that we just struggled and and barely made it up to the point of being halfway there, but actually we're almost there when we say we're halfway there. And it doesn't even matter if I'm not there yet because I believe that I've received whatever I've asked for in prayer. That's where I'm at. That I'm halfway there. He asked me, "Are you ha- no, I'm halfway there. I'm ha- I've, I've asked the Lord in faith, look, I'm halfway there. We're, we're, we're about to turn a corner and be right there. Why? Because I know that in my life and everything that I do and every circumstance that I face, that I'm living on a prayer. Yeah. Bow your heads, let me pray for you. Thank you for listening to this message. If you want to hear more about this series or learn more about our church, Check us out at CityHeartJackson.com or follow us online at CityHeartJXN.